Glitch Free Gaming. Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 155. Hooray! Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sums up. <laughs> <laughs> how the internet feels about us as well. It's time for Glitch Free Gaming. Yay. Oh, another one. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> I wish they would stop. <laughs> uh, how is everyone anyway? <laughs> yeah, that's all really yeah uh, so the, the extra voice you can hear this week is Nathan who's uh, returning and joining us uh, to talk about uh, two special games I'm guessing uh, how are you anyway I'm great I'm, I'm a bit puzzled now I'm trying to work out what the second special game is you put it's me on the spot here it's a puzzle game that all ah. three of us have played together <laughs> Thank you. You sold that puzzle about that puzzle game. I I mean, really, enough. there's two of them that you could pick from, but <laughs> there's <laughs> one in particular. That's <laughs> yeah, so um, reminded me, man. I drew a blank. But I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've we've given you the gentle prod, and uh, <laughs> it sort of reminded you what you need to be talking about. What have you been playing this week, anyway? Uh, Telltale Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually probably quite good. Neither of us have played that, so that's probably a good actual. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. It's I haven't completed it yet. I've I had it since launch day, and I've been tackling it in really small chunks, and I'm enjoying it. It's it's pretty entertaining. It's standard Telltale fare. Um. So more story than gameplay, really? Well, yeah, more story than gameplay, and bizarrely, the Bruce Wayne bits work a lot better, and they're actually a lot more interesting than the Batman bits. Oh, right, okay. I can see that makes sense, because the action bits have never been the bits of the Telltale games that have been great, with the exception of maybe like a couple of scenes in the tel- uh, the Borderlands one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could go beyond that. But it's like definitely the conversations and stuff, which Batman's not known for being a conversationalist. No, he just punches fuck out of people. And yeah, it's it's like um, you know, Batman's a established character. He's been around for what seventy odd years now, and it's well, Telltale's all about kind of putting your own personality and slant on a character. And it feels weird to play anything, uh, play Batman as anything but dead serious and kind of like broken. Mm-hmm, so when right. you have the when you have the choice to be kind of like, you get the you know the typical four conversation choices, and one of them's more akin like to something cheeky and and boisterous, like something Spider Man would say. You're just like, I'm gonna go with the Batman line. I'm gonna go with. You know the dark brooding kind of I'm justice, not quite Judge Dredd because I'm not murdering you. Like that's kind of it, but um, Bruce Wayne, I've been kind of playing like a philanthropist with, and because it's quite early, Batman, I've been playing as kind of a kind of naive in some ways, but still broken. Right. So that that side's kind of a lot more interested. It's very early Batman as well because uh, Jim Jim Gordon, he's uh, still he's still a lieutenant, so he's not commissioner yet. Harvey Dent's running for mayor, so they've really uh, gone back to like it's almost like year one stuff. So, mm-hmm. all right, okay. This is yeah, like yeah, like um, 
I had an angry exchange with Falcone, which pretty much was a weird exchange where he wanted he was uh, jokingly asking to buy my house, and I pissed him off so much that he's like, "Actually, I don't want to buy the house because the owner's the prick, and he's going to get what's coming to him." So like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hopefully that that develops a bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's an interesting timeline because if you go back to that point, you know, the the Joker hasn't, the Joker, Catwoman, Penguin, none of them have actually shown up yet. So it'll be interesting. He runs into into Catwoman at the beginning, but it's clear it's the first time they've met. Right, okay. It's like, like, who is this Catwoman or this woman (laughs) dressed as a cat? (laughs) You go in the Batcave and look up you know, psychological profiles he's building on every character you encounter in the game so far, as Batman right. would. It's just like, this woman dresses like a cat, stalks around at night. And that's pretty much it so far. So hopefully those profiles build as the series goes on. Yeah, yeah that'd be quite a cool thing to basically have the Bat computer there and all these kind of profiles. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this is, to be honest, um, it's not really, although I am interested in it, it's not really grit to me like uh, The Wolf Among Us or Tales of the Borderland did. All right, I, okay. I, kinda, I was I kind of sat through and did those in one sitting, really, because I was just eager to know what was going on. But I kind of do like one scenario with this, and I'm like, I'll put this down and continue another day. Yeah. So... Mm. Yeah, I kind of I I've looked at screenshots of it and a little bit of the you know one or two of the trailers that they had and I thought, nah, nah, I wasn't you know running to to part with either five quid or was it fifteen quid for the entire season pass or something? Oh, no, that's twenty five, mate. Oh bloody hell! No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll pick it up when it's on sale. I I think. Well, most you know, most Telltale series they kind of pick up by about episode two or three, so hopefully yeah. it mm-hmm. picks up a bit more by then. Although it's probably been said in many places already, but every time I look at Bruce Wayne in a scene, I always think I really want an Archer game. Yeah, yeah, he looks, he looks quite so, a lot like Archer in that game. Yeah, it's <laughs> some some scenes I just wanted to go. Ding! It just like four choices in the row are just him saying Lana. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. They should make an archer game. Although really I still I'm still holding out that Obsidian will make an archer game. They'll make skin alpha protocol, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I would totally play an Archer Protocol game. <laughs> and it's one of those things where the writers of Archer have joked about it before and the developers of Obsidian have joked about it before like they they know that people have joked about it online and are interested in that idea so maybe someday oh right uh, that would that would actually be an, an entertaining proposition <laughs> I always think to go back and play Alpha Protocol sometime, and I just like realize I don't. 
have a copy run to pick it up on Steam. Well, first I need to get a PC, but then... Yeah, you need to unbreak your PC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that is pretty much Tales of the Bat... I don't even know if it's called Tales of the Batman or if it's just <laughs> Batman. I'm, I'm so interested in it, I don't know the title. But Tales I of the Batman. Tell Tales something... Batman, the animated series. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> something, something, the Bat. So, um... Batman versus Superman, the game. Oh, I... Oh, that'd be so good. No, it wouldn't. All those so... dialogue choices are just Martha. Choices <laughs> just be picks up sync. Because <laughs> <laughs> like the game just stops for a few seconds to let you take it in, just like. Oh, Batman. Batman gives one. Batman. Uh, Batman gives a character something. Character throws it away. Superman has to go and get it. Uh, uh, the ultimate cut sorts that all out, I promise. No. But it, it, <laughs> it has a lot more around it, because that's what you wanted. More seats. <laughs> more. We should probably get to the the real game of the yes. week. The big one. Puyo Puyo Tetris. Yeah! Yes. <laughs> the net code the net code on that game it's mostly fine but yeah every now and again we dropped the game yes yeah it was a bit strange it was mostly fine we've never i've never had it happen when we've just done 1v1 before so it's right weird. when it goes up to three players it's like no <laughs> i I just want to say it's the net code of that game and not my internet that was unfairly bashed without me being there to defend it a few weeks ago. To be fair, I'm I think it's probably your internet. <laughs> probably. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like, Puyo Puyo Tetris, Mike, the hell, man. Absolute machine on, on Tetris. I was just like, uh, I watched the, the playback in disbelief. I was just like, it's, it's it's quite an eye opener because like, I look at my screen, I think, "What the fuck am I doing?" And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> "But okay, so I'll pull it there." No, no, why am I going over there? What, what, what am I doing? And then it switches to Puyo Puyo and see, okay, there's three blues coming. So you put one blue. Oh no, no, what have you done? Why have you put that? Why are you stacking them on top of each other? None of these are a combo. And then everyone else is just like destroying destroying Puyo blocks. And then I see grey. I see grey droplets above my screen and I know hell's about to rain down upon me. <laughs> I do like that. I do like the way those they stack up at the top so you can see oh no, like <laughs> I need to just start, whenever that happens I just start panicking, just start like matching anything to reduce it. It's just like I need to, because if you match stuff while there's stuff waiting to drop on you it reduces it and eventually you yes. can push it back. Yeah. But it's, sometimes it's just too much already and you're like oh no yeah. I I found that uh, so basically I'd gotten the game, it got delivered and I'd let both of you know that I had it and you know we started playing that night so I think I had two or three games on my own you know trying to figure out the systems and everything on it mm -hmm. um, and Tetris I think Tetris is one of those things once you've ever you know once you've played it Oh, if you played it the amount I played it anyway it's kind of ingrained in you and it'll never go away and yeah. Puyo Puyo I've played bits and bobs of it 
but uh, yeah, so th- it was looking at the screen. So you know how you're saying you can see the drops in front, on top of you, and they're getting ready. I couldn't take. I couldn't look that far up the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was absolutely terrible at the the, the Puyo Puyo stuff because I still haven't figured out. I still, um, when I'm playing it, I tend to play like I'm playing Tetris, which is basically get rid of everything as much as quickly as you can. You know, so I'll stack up the. Is it four you need in, yeah, in Puyo Puyo? Yeah. yeah. So I'll I'll just keep making my my four at a time. So if you have a look back at any of the playthroughs, you know, Kieran's got this thing that's nearly reaching the top of the screen but then he, he hits the appeal at the right time and it just chain reactions all the way down but the best part I've about given. it for my side of the screen though is if you watch replays of me playing the poo poo side of it it uh-huh. looks like I'm fucking great at it but <laughs> I'm just putting them in semi random places I'm just really really lucky at poo poo one, one thing I've learned about playing poo poo of Kieran over the last year and a bit is that he is the king of organized confusion. <laughs> he's he's devising master plans that he doesn't even know about. So it's more of a shock when it, he's more shocked today than you when you get hit with him. You're like, I, I kind of knew this was coming. I've, I've kind of gathered the pattern of how we play. And it's just like, well, and then you just hear, you hear all these sounds going off and pee, 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 pee. And you know you're in trouble. <laughs> <It> just <sucks. laughs> There was an absolute bullshit match um, that we had on, I think it was Sunday. We had it, and I was just like, I thought I was doing pretty well. I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to try and combo. I'm just going to take out one by one, just like you said, Mike. All of a sudden, I heard, throwing, throwing, throwing. The screen just went <laughs> half filled up with great pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, what are you supposed to do then? It was literally <laughs> like you had, like, maybe... The highest amount you had stacked was like four or something like that, and it just filled <laughs> from that to the top of the screen. It's just there was, was literally nothing you could do. Uh, it's just, I, 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 like I don't Puyo. know. I, I like Puyo. I just I, I I think it's like you said. I've been playing Tetris since I was since I was a kid, so that's kind of ingrained in me, and I can kind of get myself out of trouble in Tetris. Yeah. But Puyo, as soon as soon as I get in trouble and I like try and make four, I always just find more stuff dropping on top of myself. And it's yeah. Yeah. What I was, yeah, what I was finding as well was, you know, playing against both of you where, you know, the, the Tetris fight would be fine and then it would switch to Puyo and I wouldn't you know, I my screen would be empty until you guys comboed and I'd end up getting the blocks. And then it would switch back to Tetris, and I would be fine. And you'd end up, you know, and I could push blocks onto you and 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 put you in the danger zone. Then it would flip back, and the danger. But uh, one of the te- was, I think it was a couple of times it done it, where, you know, my Tetris was fine, and we'd get to the Puyo, and Kieran had hit a fucking monster combo. But just oh. before we could get penalised for it, it would switch to Tetris. Oh yeah. And what happens then is your blocks get flung underneath you in Tetris. Mm-hmm. And if you ever watch anything, when, it, when I play Tetris anyway, I, I tend to keep my things quite high so that I can just drop the longs so I can get Tetrises all yeah. the time. Same. And so when 
Kieran gets that lucky shot in, that's it, I'm fucked. <laughs> and it was, but it is, I really like, I, I do like the way how it switches between the two. Yeah. Yeah, <coughs> We've talked about it before in here, but like Puyo Puyo Tetris has multiple modes. Yeah. And the one that has definitely been the most played between me and Nathan and now with you as well is the mode. They, they kind of push it as kind of the main mode because it's the one that comes up the most in like the single player and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, which is uh, you start an IR Tetris or Puyo Puyo and it goes for I think it's 20 seconds maybe 30 seconds and then after that timer runs out it just switches to the other one switches uh-huh. back again after those seconds go and it just keeps flipping till some till everyone's out um and it's great but it does have a bunch of other modes as well like we switched to just straight up tetris yes and that's when you fucking destroyed us that wasn't <laughs> even close that was just yeah, that... that was brutal <laughs> when you activate it man <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have this poo poo holding me back anymore yeah. fuck you guys uh. Uh, it was, but uh, yeah because it was quite funny because I was getting I was just getting destroyed you know and you know I'm, I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm doing and it's like right I need to get used to the systems and how it works and things like that and I'm just getting hammered left, right, and centre. And it's still it's fun because you know you've got the chat going three ways and stuff like that. And then we went into Tetris. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing here. I can live with that. But yeah, it was it was good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like him. It's it is probably my most played PS4 game except for maybe Final Fantasy XIV. Right. Um, like it's. You- I've played way too much of that game. <laughs> um, so have you have you played online? You know, apart when you know, sort of playing randoms. Oh yeah, I got fucking destroyed. As it yeah, turns I... out, Japanese Puyo Puyo and Tetris players are very good at both of those things. Yes, <laughs> I would imagine so. Uh, I love the story mode in it because obviously you know i'm not fluent in japanese uh, i'm <laughs> you know so it, it, yeah you it only know looks, the basics yeah of course yes yeah. not to get by you know um but yeah it is it just looks completely mental that the story seems to be that you're on a spaceship at one point and there's a, like a, t- a tetris school or a puyo puyo school yeah, or something the it's, devil shows up at some point um, yeah there's a dog that's a scientist Yes, yeah. Um, There's the 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 girl in the, the very short skirt, and she's got the the kind of Pikachu ripoff pal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's very uh, strange, but it's awesome at the same time. Um, and the little sayings the characters say as well. Um, oh, I have no idea what they're saying, but it, it is quite cool. I just. <clears throat> it's just a pity that that we're, we're never going to get this game legitimately in Europe or America. That's because Ubisoft owns all the licensing, doesn't? Uh, yeah. don't they? That's it right. Depends. Yeah, Ubisoft may eventually not have the Tetris license for some reason. Sega may end up getting it because it does get bid on every now and again. Right. So maybe someday. Sega will get the license here as well, and they'll be like, "Oh yes, I'll try. We'll translate this, bring out." But I don't think, I don't think it's really worth it for them. 
as much as I love it, I don't know if it'd do that well over here. No, that not see if it was just a case of translating it and bringing it out, but it probably would be worth the while. But in terms of buying the license and doing all of that on top of it, exactly. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think it would be worth the while. Sega kind of focuses on PC games stuff. these days, anyway. I think the release would just be like Yakuza style. They'd just dump it. Right. Probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't even get like a, a physical release. It'd probably just get dumped on PSN. <laughs> yeah. That'd be <laughs> fine. Because it's not on PSN in Japan because they don't have the license. And they knew people would... Or that's what everyone is assuming is the reason for it. Because I would rather have a digital version of that game. And I have a Japanese PSN account. Mm. I would happily... Yeah, yeah, it's not hard to buy things on another account and then play them on your PS4. All right, so but it's not on PSN. Okay, so how does that work then? Because see the the hard the disc version that we have, it includes all the content that was DLC on PS3. Ah, right. Yeah, the PS4 okay, so version, the- PS4 version and the Xbox One version was basically like game of the year release. Ah, right. It should have been called Game of the Year because it deserves it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it is. It's it's an awesome game, and I'm, you know, really happy that I managed to get a copy of it as well. And it came quick as well. Um, I ordered it, and I had it within a week. Yeah, you're you're torturing me here. uh, (laughs) Talks of getting imported games quickly. I purchased, right. I purchased um, Super Robot Wars: The Moon Dwellers on, I think it's the fifth, and then I got it from PlayAsia, and they said, "Oh, you'll get it from any time from like August nineteenth till September 30th. I was like, "Oh, that's a <laughs> that's a delivery window. That's fine." <laughs> so I put it away, and I put it away inside my mind. I was just like, "I'm not getting that game for a while." Until I get home today, and I get the red card from Royal Mail with the shipping number telling me that there's an international package that came that needed my signature, and I probably won't be able to get till Saturday now because that's how they get you, though, man. You're gonna show up and they're like, "Yes, it needs a signature." Also, there's, there's a customs tax, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like this package weighs. Weighs 0.16 kilograms, so clearly you have to pay 30 pounds of import tax. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm jealous of uh, you managed to get Poo Poo Tetris that quickly. Like, obviously, we already have it, but um, with yeah. me and Nathan both ordered it around the same time. I think it was the same uh-huh. time, actually. Yeah. Um, from the same site. And it was at the point where you just got yours from Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Amazon did not have copies, or not. They had some imported copies that were stupidly like high, super expensive price gouging kind of thing. Uh-huh. So we imported it from one of the import sites, and it was like a tenner more than you paid. Right. Um, but then it also took like three or four weeks to show up because it was imported. Of course, so, yeah. That was fun. Well, that this... site was pretty dodgy as well, man. Could you remember? Do you remember it was like. Oh, like on the on the 
It was like on the the invoice slip. It's like say that you paid this much. Yeah, it, had, it literally it literally had a slider <laughs> for how much you wanted to say you had spent on the front of it to try and get past uh, custom fees, right. which is fucking mental. Look this. <laughs> <laughs> how do you get away with that? Oh, that yeah, that is nuts. But on the other hand, I didn't pay custom fees for it, so. Uh-huh. Let's see. <laughs> but um, was <laughs> listed. We'll be on next week's podcast because I'll be in jail. Yeah. (laughs) But the the company that they even put the they put like a wee postcard in with the with the game when it came and it uh, so if anyone's interested, it was Nin Nin Game. I think I may have got my Kirby toys from them. Um, and they I don't think they have a direct site, but you can get you know if they. They're selling the stuff. They're um, they're going through Amazon. Yeah, yeah. When um, I ordered, um, I ordered a set of uh, little Kirby toys that can stack on top of each other, uh, which sit on my desk at work at the moment. And when that got sent, it was the same kind of thing. It came with like a little kind of postcardy thing advertising the the Amazon page that it came from. Yeah, and then it also came with a packet of. Uh, Pokemon handkerchiefs, <laughs> just like apparently, like it's something that I read up on afterwards. Is apparently quite a lot of advertising things in Japan will give them out on little packs of tissues, rather than you know giving a leaflet or something like that for some reason. Oh right, okay. Um, it's just a thing they do. Is so it was probably something they didn't pay for. It was probably Pokemon tissues that have been given out as advertising at some point. Right. <laughs> it was ah, a nice little thing. Fair enough. Cool. Um, yeah, but that's Puyo Puyo Tetris then. Yes. Cool. Nathan, what else have you been playing? He asked in anticipation. Um, hyper Shite Drifter. The <laughs> 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 Hyper Light Drifter. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just an idiot, but it's like I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, that's that's my review of it. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Ten out of ten. Um, it's it's good. I the story so far is that I'm a man and some T-Rexy robot things got ill, and then. Started coughing, then the man told me to do the thing, and that's maybe I'm missing. You can normally get stuff. jailed for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. It's a uh, it's kind of like a I don't want to say Zelda, but it's it's kind of like a really difficult Zelda. You just yeah, it kind of looks like like old school isometric Zelda. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's got it's kind of like you've got a gun that you you charge up from. Lincoln Zelda. Yeah, exactly. Lincoln is patented <laughs> his patented gun that he gets from uh from hitting and hitting enemies and and dashing around successfully. It's it's quite it's quite a fun game, but it's it's one of those. It's it's almost like I don't want to compare it to Fez because I know. People go, what the fuck are you talking about? But it, it reminds me of Pheasant that it's like, go here and do anything. But because it's got a cryptic 
well, it's not a cryptic language, but everything's kind of sp- like um, described in pictures. So you get talk to characters, they'll be like, brop, brop, and these pictures come up of like a big boss. And it's like, okay, clearly that's a boss, and then they'll mark it on the map. And then I'll try and find it. And I, I, I think I'm just really, I'm just really bad with maps. And I, I think I've got to the age now where I find, I find it hard to play without being hand, hand held everywhere. Um, right. Okay. So I'm enjoying it. So I'll play it for, I'll play it for an hour. Go. I've lost, and then I'll put it down, pick up again, and then it'll respawn me at the checkpoint. I'm like, I'm still lost. Hmm, this is fun though. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure I've done the same kind of like because you unlock shortcuts. It's almost like Dark Souls in that you unlock shortcuts and ways through the world. And I'm pretty sure I've done the same one five times. Yeah, that seems reasonable. So everyone should go out and buy Hyperlight Drifter. It's fantastic. I do want it. If nothing else, it looks really pretty. No, it is. A, it is a really good game. It's like if I like the the fact that I keep getting lost, but I keep picking it up shows that you know. Just, and, it's not like, oh, I'm lost, this is frustrating. It's like, no, I'm an idiot. I'm just going to put this down for a bit and I'll pick it up later and I, I yeah. do keep picking it up yeah. later. You guys will probably pick it up, complete it in one sitting, and then there'll be a whole podcast about how much of an idiot I am. And it'll be well-deserved. <laughs> Definitely not. I, I'm I kind of doing the same thing it. right now with Doom, where I got to hell and I got to a level where I'm like, man, this is really fun. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, it's just really fun. Oh, I'm dead. And then I just kind of stop for a bit. <laughs> I just need to stop for a little bit and then go back to it. Yeah, but to be to be fair, that part of Doom is where... I always hate this phrase, is where the game really begins, but also the difficulty just flies right up. Mm-hmm. It's like, we've handed you all your abilities that you need to navigate through the game now. And you've got most of the inventory, like your weapons. Yeah, you, you pick up like the, the railgun on that weapon at that level. Yeah. And it's like, here you go, super strong gun. You're dead now. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, I was I was playing that on um, ultra violence. Yeah, that's how I'm playing on. That took me about five hours to do. It's a tough level. Yeah. It's, it's weird because you like it took me five hours to do that and then I started kind of sailing through the rest it was like my it took it, it took my uh, I guess it took my motor skills a couple of hours to adapt to the to the level of play that I needed to get through the game but then the rest of it from there was quite it was quite a breeze yeah and that, then it, that happens like that happened to me with um, Hotline Miami where again I hit a wall super difficult but then once I kind of adapted to it the rest of the game was pretty straightforward because I kind of had got good at it basically yeah yeah I think yeah Doom Doom is pretty it, I, I do agree with you that that part is probably the wall like I suppose it's the get good part of that game the rest of it after there's been training and you know I, I suppose the enemies start getting a start getting bigger and nastier a bit before that but that's that really the part yeah that's why it really starts coming together and it's basically like you know it becomes an arena where oh no there's like you got those giant they always forget their names the giant the giant ones and you get loads of pinkies and like the big okay. fat guys that you like rip their hearts out and throw it down their stomach 
Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty good. Doom's a really good game. It is. I um, spent uh, 50 minutes on the phone trying to convince my friend to buy it. <laughs> that friend was oh, yeah. me, and I bought it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But Nathan, what other games you've been playing? There's one big one. He's now, th- he's now thinking his best to see what he can name the, the most obtuse Minecraft. game that he can come up with. You guys touched on Tricky Towers. Yeah, we, t- we talked about it last week. Yeah. Well, the week um, before. There's nothing, nothing really big that came out in the lot. Oh, you're breaking up a bit, Nathan. Oh, sorry, man. Can you hear me now? A bit. A little bit, yeah. Nathan's dying. I'm wind up listening. <laughs> Stop downloading all your porn. Can you hear me now? Hello, hello, hello. Give the hamster a Red Bull, it'll be fine. <laughs> Start hand cranking. Alright, he's dropped out, he will drop back in again. Yeah, sorry guys, I had to kind of, I had to drop out of that call to think about that really <laughs> hard question you guys posed to me. That was okay. pretty, I was, I was saying uh, there wasn't really any major games that came out in the last week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was no, clearly no. talking about the biggest game of the year reigns for iOS and Android and also on Steam. <laughs> that game is great. Um, I'm assuming, and I hope I'm right on this, that the game that I have been playing, because I have been playing it, I think, is No Man's Sky. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank God. I was really panicking. I was sweating buckets. <laughs> yeah, so I don't... I think... I don't think there's any people that I know that haven't been playing No Man's Sky. I know some people haven't been playing it. And they're really angry about the promises that were supposedly made about it, even though they were never going to buy the game. Oh, right, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's generally how the internet works these days. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a bizarre one. Like a lot of A lot of games that get hyped up you know, you, you naturally get like a band of people that want it to fail because, you know, it's cool to hate on the big thing. Yeah. But uh-huh. Fuck called you. And, you know, <laughs> someone... <laughs> someone who's... Uh, yeah, I'll probably put a good 20 to 30 hours in over the last... No, no, how long it's been out. I'll, over the last I'll put day. in a... Yeah, you know. We are recording this on the 11th. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think like the the amount of like it's it's like the vitriol that it gets is is intense. Like you know, it's you can either really love that game, or you have to really hate it, or you can't you can't just be like me. It's just like I really like this game, but there's some fucking annoying points about it. You know, like there there's sometimes I think, 
oh this like there's been points I've been playing I've been like oh this is really pissing me off and then I'll get to another bit and I'll be like oh oh yeah this is what I'm playing yeah yeah so if, if somehow you don't know people listening yes if you've somehow managed to avoid everything about No Man's Sky for the past 20 years while it's been in development um, it's a space game yes where everything's procedurally generated and there's was it 18 quintillion planets or something insane like that's that that's right yeah uh, over 18 quintillion yeah and you travel from star to star landing on planets exploring them collecting resources upgrading your ship upgrading your suit and that's kind of the game is collecting stuff upgrading and exploring yes there is kind of a goal to get to the centre of the universe there's a secondary kind of side path to do what's called the atlas path Um, you go to atlas terminals and you get some story stuff yeah uh, which I have finished. I've finished that oh. part of it. I've not reached the center of the universe yet. Oh, really? I've finished Atlas Path. Ah. And let me tell you guys, it is not worth finishing. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Really? Yeah. Like, there's some good writing in there. But again, it's all just like... Like a paragraph of text every time you go to one of these Atlas terminals. Yes, yeah. and basically you jump from system to system, and the game is mainly kind of scrounging for resources to, like, upgrade your ship and stuff like that. So you can go to different systems, and you can travel further and get to these Atlas terminals. And you go to ten of them, and then there's the end of that kind of quest line, essentially. Oh, okay. And I'm not going to spoil it for people, but it's it's not really worth it. Um. But I'm still, I'm really, despite that, I'm really enjoying No Man's Sky. Like, for me, the bit that is really fun is landing on each individual planet and being like, this looks completely different, or looks very different, because obviously you see a lot of things repeat. You always see the big weird plants that kind of look like hands. You always see, you know, the flowers that give you zinc and platinum and stuff like that. Yeah. You see the weird pillars of heridium, you know, that kind of thing. Or the eggs of gold, but oh, the gold eggs are cool. They're pretty cool. Or the I actually like the emerald eggs better because they're green. So <laughs> that's a good reason to like them more. Um, but like that, I enjoy that. Like the planets look different enough just from the way they're lit, the different kind of uh, like effects that are going over them, depending on if they're you know cold planets or radiated planets and that kind of thing all different yeah. wildlife on them and stuff like, that's definitely the bit of the game that has been making me play it the most like it's a fun game just to for a long time for, like, again I like Nathan I've also put a stupid amount of hours into this already um, but to be fair I also had the Thursday and Friday after it came out off so right. So I, I put a lot of time into it um and it's that thing where for the first like 10-20 hours I was just listening to the music in the game because it has an amazing soundtrack but eventually I was just sitting listening to podcasts while playing it and stuff like that because it's good for that like it's just yes. a very kind of atmospheric quiet game that you go around that you explore and there's not a whole lot of there's some combat um like it pirates can be, will attack yeah it you. can be avoided though 
Yeah, by not <laughs> carrying expensive stuff in your ship. Or just legging it like hell. Well, that's it. Or not being That's me. harder, though. Or not being Nathan. Nathan gets attacked by pirates every time he <laughs> exits an atmosphere. Because um, he has the worst luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there, there, there have been... Has I, I tend to get... It's, I don't know if it's a bug. I'm putting it down to a bug, but sometimes I'll, ju- I'll you know, be on a planet and I'll do something. And I'll jump in my ship to take off to fly to another part, and it'll automatically shoot me up into oh, the above atmosphere. the yeah yeah that's happened to me quite a few times as well. I'm not sure what's up with that. I'm not sure if it's maybe if you hold the launch button for slightly too long, it launches you right out of the atmosphere. Maybe it's like an intended thing, but yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, that's weird that you um, you guys said that because my friend was. My friend uh, Steve was telling me about that yesterday, and I've never had that happen. It's weird. It is. Maybe it is just like a holding the button slightly too long thing or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm really enjoying it. I think. Yeah. I think. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> a, lot of, a, a lot of that. I mean, I can understand. I can understand people being a bit bit annoyed about promises that haven't been kept if they yeah. haven't been you know watching the game's development or or you know keeping up to date with the development of the game and it but then I don't and I can in in the conversation with our friend who is quite adamant about his hate boner for this game I I, I kind of put the the point across that if you're going to spend you know, forty quid on a product, and one of the main the main um, reasons you want to pick this game up is that it has multiplayer. Then I would probably not base it off an interview on a talk show, and maybe just look at look at the Steam page or look at the PSN page or wait for the game to come out and look at the back of the case. Yeah, you know, like um. To illustrate the point, remember we remember I was trying to convince you to pick up Nobunaga's ambition. You yeah. know, I was like, "Oh, mate, yeah, we could play multiplayer together." And I <laughs> took a, a cursory glance at the Amazon page. I was like, "No, wait, no, we can't play multiplayer together. Abandon ship." <laughs> and you know, I ended up picking it up much later. And I was like, "Why did I buy this again?" And I looked at the back. I was like, "Oh, a single player." I still delved into it, but I mean, it's. It's just, I don't know how much it, it comes up to personal responsibility. I mean, people say they've been lied to, and it's, and maybe I'm a bit biased about this because, you know, I am in I am in the same industry, not in the same capacity as a, you know, I, I do program. So mm-hmm. I know that when you're working on a, a, a project or a product, that goals and aims change over time, and features that you might want to get in in this release might not get in and you know, these things get delayed, so maybe I'm looking at it a bit more sympathetic towards Sean Murray than the average consumer is. But I, I also kind of think it's like sometimes you have to kind of you have to kind of look at a product, wait for reviews. If you if you know if you if you if you're unsure yeah. of the product, then make your decision based on that. But I don't know this this kind of again this kind of like hate tornado about some. Like some of the, like the multiplayer stuff, I can understand some people pre-ordering it based on that and being upset. But then 
some of the other things, you know, like they were so were so kind of minute, like there aren't any desert planets or sand planets that we can see that were shown in a trailer from two years ago. Yeah. And you're kind of thinking Or like the, there's this giant snake in the trailers and we don't think it's in there when it we don't know for starters. Yeah. Like they said even in the interviews when people asked about that snake, they're like, It's in the current build. And again, almost all of the things that people found have been complaining about as lies of this. They've always said things like, in the current build, not, this will be in the end of the game. It's like, you've got it working just now, but we don't know. Um, like, those giant snakes were in at some point. Maybe they still are, but they're, they've always been talked about as being super rare, so... Yeah. You know, it's possible um, people just haven't found them. Yeah, I see people that, was, that you know, that they're upset about the multiplayer you know when they said yeah there would, there would be multiplayer in it and I think I was thinking that's that's quite a tall order and how would it work and I I did I seen the meat of the game as being a single player yeah yeah well whenever people asked them about multiplayer they were like oh yeah we've got plans but they never they always made it seem like a secondary thing they were like it's not the point of the game you're not going to be meeting your friends and flying around doing space stuff together like maybe you'll bump into each other which apparently you can't probably can't even do anyway but you know this was never billed as a big thing yeah i mean it's it's understandable kind of yeah. I, I think so i think some of it's come down to the context of those interviews and you know they're, they're like will you be able to grief your friends and that's a that's a fucking weird question what does that mean grief your friends it i mean i can grief you from any game i could just message you abuse or, you know like, <laughs> yeah it means naming planets after your friends with oh cum yeah drencher Bod, right yeah Bod is a cum drencher which, which he is apparently <laughs> gets through the filler somehow yeah that's that's, that's quite it's quite good um to be honest i i nicked i i, I worked out um i didn't work out anything uh, what's his name told me uh jim jim something sorry jim but yeah he he, he gave you a, a handy list of words that get through the uh profanity filter really? noob doesn't but cum drinker does <laughs> <laughs> so so um that's great. Yeah, there's a there's a tip for anyone starting out in the game and thinking of anything interesting to name your planets. Um, talk about naming planets. Like uh, I've discovered a fair few, but I've barely named any. Yeah, I'm the same. Except good old Vortexia, which is which that was is your planet that was empty of anything except for vortex cubes, right? <laughs> I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I um I haven't I haven't played too much over the past few days because I've like had long days at work and I'm just like I, I can't even process No Man's Sky at the moment so but I did go on for an hour or two maybe Monday what day is it today I don't know maybe Monday but um, I started off with three hundred thousand. Uh, did a couple of rounds of Vortexia, turned off with 2.8 million. It's insane. People <laughs> haven't played it yet. Vortex cubes are really rare things in 
uh, like pickups in uh, No Man's Sky that are worth a lot of money if you sell them to traders. And also, if you pick them up, the, all the Sentinels on the planet will instantly go to a three-star wanted level, which sends uh, these little robot dog things after you. They can snipe you from miles away. All but right. apparently, this Vortexia planet that Nathan's on doesn't have any Sentinels on it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just walking around picking up fucking rare cubes over and over and over, selling them and making billions. Uh, I'm, I, I deserve some luck, man. I literally get attacked by fucking pirates every time I like I blow my nose. It's because you're carrying a million quid worth of vortex cubes. <laughs> I would shoot down your ship for that. It got to a point where I was carrying nothing off. Um, on my ship, but iron. When I left the planet, I made sure I found the trading post, sold all my stuff, and I was like, "Nope, fuck this." Loading up my ship with iron, get out of the atmosphere. Hostile subspace scan detected. You motherfuckers! All right, come at me. I've got a twenty-five slot inventory full of iron. Five ships attack. That's just like, oh, and that's probably my. That's probably one of my main reservations with the game. The combat system is. Balls, the, especially the space combat. Or oh, again, maybe it's just me getting old and just not not being as good at games as I used to be. But I find when I'm combating ships, my my tactic is just to spin on the spot, follow follow the line of fire, and then shoot a load of rounds into them, then recharge my shields, add infinitum. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I've been doing. It's not the most in-depth thing in the world. That's, that's probably my one big complaint about the game in general is it's very shallow. Like, yeah. It's been said a lot of times where there's not much to do but there's a lot of space to do it in. Like, you know, there are these quintillion planets or quintillions of planets and they're all very, you know, or at least decently different from each other. But you're doing the same thing on all of them. And I, not... and I think, I think you, um, you made a good point the other day when you were just saying, I think it'll be like a great game in a year. Yeah, because I think they're going to keep adding to it. And they've said they're going to keep adding to it. Um, I think it's one of those games that you can only do so much without... Like, if they had done like a really big open beta for this, I bet the game that they released would be very different from the one they, they did end up releasing. Yeah. I think kind of like, like my point of comparison would be something like Tomorrow Children which has had multiple kind of relatively big alphas and betas and has changed quite a lot over its development sort of the way an early access game would do but you know without the early access bit um, to the point where the game that's getting released next month is very different from the game they showed early on but that's because they had a lot of people giving them feedback multiple times through. I feel like what is there in No Man's Sky is really good and I feel like I believe Sean Murray when he says that it is the game that he wanted to make but I also think that the game he wanted to make is not necessarily the game everyone will enjoy and they will add things to it to kind of make it a bit more in that direction. Yeah, I think well, not to, not to like, you know, slight normal stuff. I think, I think kind of like going the kind of elite route and just um, adding 
adding features, even if they're in seasons. Because I saw a, I saw a story, can't remember where, about they're going to add as much free DLC as possible. Mm-hmm. But when it gets to a point that they can't afford to develop anymore, um, you know that paid DLC might become a possibility. And I think, I think a good plan would be to get the game to to a point where you know it's a good entry point for most people's expectations. Like, you know, you had these people going in hoping to build bases, and they said base buildings coming. Uh, maybe increase the depth of trading some more meaningful impact on trading like similar to rebel galaxy you know like get get a, a game loop running alongside the main crux of exploration so that people that were like what do you do actually have something that they believe that they can do yeah because i think at the moment it's like it's i think the problem is it's it really has is that it was promoted to you know it was promoted as a mainstream game by you know sony who are a big triple a publisher of games and at its heart it's not really it's not really a mainstream game i would i would put it more in a category of something like subnautica or, yeah or even like elite or something like some kind of, they're yeah it's weird because it's like a mix of a survival game and a space game and those are both really niche things. Like the one big kind of survival game is still just Minecraft. Like Seven Days to Die and Ark have got relatively big as well, I guess. But you know, not nothing, not many of them have got super massive like that. And the survival elements of No Man's Sky have been really played down before release. Yeah, so it was very much sold kind of as a space game, which is a very niche genre. Like no one fucking bought X Three. Except for, you know, the people that were super into space games. Yeah. Elite has been successful, but it's been successful in that niche. Star Citizen is his own fucking weird thing. But, you know, like, <laughs> most of them are space really... Space Skyrim. I still think this... Like, Star Citizen's still a niche, but it's a niche amongst a very specific brand of nerds that have a lot of money. Um and are willing to throw it at digital ships. <laughs> well, you know, like um, I can, I can understand it. You know, like I've, you, you know that we have a friend who's very into elite, mm-hmm. and he's had me umming and ahhing about the game for months because I do, I do want to play it, but I don't, I don't want a really heavy space sim where. I have to kind of like calculate my landing angle, you know, like a. Yeah. But I do like the idea of it having like bounty missions and. Elite's not and, that heavy. Like Elite is actually still pretty arcadey. It's not as arcadey as uh, No Man's Sky is, obviously, but it's still pretty arcadey. Okay. You're probably quite like Elite. You should buy a flight stick. Yeah. Uh, well, with my PC out of action, I'm probably going to have to wait for that eventual PS4 release, which is so coming, but yes. they can't say it's coming. Microsoft you heard it first here. Not money it. If you heard it first here, I can definitely <laughs> confirm that it's insider coming. Insider information from someone who has no insider contact. <laughs> I, looked at, I looked at a post in the forums, man. It's coming. 
<laughs> just like that Marvel Heroes release. Any day now. Yeah. Um, oh, Marvel Heroes, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying No Man's Sky. They, you know, just the, the various ways that you can play it. Um, so, you know, at one point I was, I was concerned about trying to uh, get to the, you know, the center of the universe or the, in the, the one point, the, the Atlas. Yeah. You know, I was trying to find the Atlas thing and find out what was going on there. And then it became apparent that my ship was crap. So I needed to do something about that. And then you're, you're playing with all the various combinations of, you know, how do you get goods and, you know, what makes the best money and where do you find things. And um, so the whole survival element of it. Um, and, yes, I... Uh, I've I've been quite lucky as well with the 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 droids, the the sent what do they call them sentinels? Sentinels, yeah. Yeah, um, I haven't had many on them of them uh, except one of the planets I went to this afternoon had fuck all on it except for a couple of gold eggs, and um, but the minute you stepped out the the sentinels were right on you and they were already um, you know marking you as an enemy. Yeah, there's um, frenzied and hostile. No, the, the yeah, this was hostile. Yeah, there's frenzied and hostile, which will both just target you instantly. Hostile targets you instantly. Frenzied will target you on sight. I think it is. Um, right. Yeah, I've been to a couple of planets with those, and it's yeah, it makes it harder. <laughs> um, but not been- too much harder, because like I feel like. Once you have one or two upgrades on your multi-tool, it's pretty easy just to gun down those sentinels. Like, I've not really had any issues with them. Um, yeah, I th- sorry? I think, I think that is, uh, like, I think that is my main, my main kind of issue with the combat, like, I was face as well. Because it's, it's like, it doesn't get difficult to the point where it's a challenge. It gets difficult to the point where it's just annoying. It's like, yeah. you know, it's less of a, Oh man, I've got to take these sentinels out, man, because they're, you know, this is really accomplishment. It's more like these annoying, buzzing robot mosquitoes with lasers just keep zapping me. I piss off. I want to break into this this house with this metal door to get the material that's invariably inside. Bzz, robot mosquitoes are really that's pissed also off. That's where it's like, I'm going to shoot this metal door, which makes all the sentinels on alert. But the moment I break through the door and then step inside, they fuck off. Yeah. Yes. It's weird. I, I feel I've, it's like a weird concession where they're like, a lot of people have played will play this to explore, like Sean's original vision. Yeah. And then it's like, a lot of people need some combat loop to to give some, you know, like to give some weight to. To their exploration, you know, so it doesn't feel like they're just plodding from place to place, yeah. and it's it's like some weird kind of mid concession. Like, all right, the people that explored, they're gonna get through this door as quickly as possible. Okay, they're in the door now, but they don't really want to be bothered. They just want to explore what's inside and not have to rush. It's just like, ah, uh, and it's. I think it's just a few bizarre like design choices like that that kind of muddy the experience for me, but. As I, as I said, like for every experience like that, where you're just like, oh, this is annoying. You know, fighting sentinels, um, spinning, spinning on your axis, fighting pirate ships. There's a, there's another way. You know, you you discover a planet and 
inadvertently fall into a cave, break your legs, but find it full of vortex cubes instead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's also the times you're exploring. It's also the thing that's probably most impressive to me with all the the procedure generation is actually the caves. Like you get these big, crazy cave systems that are really cool. But like there are also times where you're swimming underwater and you're like, that looks like a cave system with some cool stuff in it. And then you drown because you got lost in a cave system underwater and there's nothing you can do. <laughs> I I solved that problem, man. Yeah, because you've got the grenade launcher equipped, right? Yeah, grenade launcher. And I got lost in a cave the other day. I was like, oh, fuck. It was like massive caves. I was in there for like 25 minutes. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm definitely, I am definitely, I said, it was one of those giant planets. You're like, you come into a system. It's always a giant planet that's the size of the fucking screen. It <laughs> covers the whole screen. And you're like, there's, I know there's planets behind this, but I'm just going to land here, see what it's about. And it's always toxic for me. <laughs> so, like, I'm stuck in this, like, I ran into this cave system just to explore, see what materials are there, uh, get lost deep in this cave and I was just like I'm not fucking walking anymore so I just flew up to a wall I had loads of plutonium loaded it into my grenade launcher brah, brah. two minutes later I'd blasted through the side of this cave <laughs> <laughs> I was like yeah that's alright made my made my own entrance to this cave and you know it's little things like that that's cool when you discover these things like you know like oh no my, my toxic meat is going up I'm just going to blow a hole in the floor and just living here. This is this is my home now. <laughs> Safe from the elements. Uh, that's another thing I actually do quite like is that if you're in a cave or you know something with a roof, essentially it blocks you from the elements and it lets you recharge your whatever shield, I guess. Yeah. Smart little system. But yeah, no man's sky. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, you got it on the mind when you said it, it will improve drastically in a year. Like, well, hopefully, uh, it doesn't take that long. But yes, yes. Well, I mean, um, if we if we take a if we take what elite as a as a measurement, and it's a well, not completely different, but it is a you know different but similar game. And when that launched, I don't believe that had multiplayer. If I'm correct, or mm-hmm. you know, like a a lot of the a lot of the, the stuff that's being complained about can be remedied. You know, it's maybe maybe not to the extent of elite, but it started off as a single player game. They can work in some multiplayer mechanics if you know the demand's really there and people want it. They can add it as a chargeable add-on, but people might just burn down their studio. So <laughs> maybe maybe add that as a as one of the free DLC concessions. But I mean, there's we've kind of left the uh, sounds so wanky bollocks when you say stuff like this. But we've kind of left the time where games ship complete. And, you know, like games are a service now. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not not like the Super Nintendo days where you you got you got Chrono Trigger and that was it. Chrono Trigger was that was the game from beginning to end. Uh huh. Which is which is a you know, which is a, a blessing and can be a curse. But because for every Chrono Trigger, you had another broken piece of shit game. Like, um, oh, I'm trying. to trying to remember what game I had as, as a kid that didn't actually work properly I want to say it was Doom I want to say I had Doom 
and it was just the worst thing ever. It ran at like four frames per second, and it was like in a tiny window. It might have been Wolfenstein, one of one of the i uh, one of the id games. I think it was Doom. Yeah, it, no. it, it, Obviously, Pro Quake. No, no, on the SNES. No way. No, you know, Quake yeah, was on the Nintendo 64, wasn't it? Yeah. But I mean, you know, in that day, it, was like, it wasn't like you've got your cartridge home and it's like, oh, this cartridge is, is, is fucked now. All right, well, here's your day one patch. Here's your day yeah. one patch shit. It was just like, no, this game is fucked. <laughs> like, it will always be fucked. Yeah. So you, you got to kind of take it, you know, like... I'm not. I'm not making it as an excuse for it, but I think it's. I think we we live in an interesting time where, you know, as, as people that have reviewed games, we we review a game as it comes out. But games can improve and change drastically in a year. I mean, take Destiny for an example. Yeah, you know, yeah. I never thought at release I'd be sinking over a hundred hours into Destiny. Um. A hundred hours plus later, I don't know why I sank a hundred hours into Destiny, but there had to be something in there that <laughs> they you know, put in, and they they haven't they had improved it in in a, in many ways, and still not a perfect game, but you know it's one that that became more enjoyable over time, and I hope mm-hmm. they can do the same with No Man's Sky. Yeah, definitely. Or Drive Club's a good example as well. Or Drive Club launched completely fucking broken. Which oh is, yeah, yeah, the much worse launch in this because No Man's Sky like maybe is quite shallow, but what is there is really fun. Drive Club, the core driving was very fun, but the game was broken. Yes, <laughs> the game was broken and had very little content, and it was like enjoy. <laughs> and then they fixed it a few months later. Is you know, or a year, a couple of years on now, it's one of the best games on the PS4. Yeah, the type of driving games at least. Yeah, yeah I think um, we might have. I don't know if you got to add on No Man's Sky. I think. Uh, I think just you know, in terms of being happy, I, I'm quite happy with what is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're saying that the game's going to evolve over a couple of years and things like that. <sighs> I don't know if. It's going to have to be a hell of a lot more, I think, for me. Once I'm kind of done with it, what you know, I, whether that be reach the center of the universe or just, you know, I think there's a limited lifespan to this. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, it's so you know, I don't think yeah, the game may improve over a couple of years' time, but for people that are playing it right now, I think. I don't think there's any need for it. I think if there is going to be improvements to the game, it's not going to be for us. It's going to be for people that didn't pick it up when it first came out. If that yeah. makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, but I think um, it may, it, if the changes are enough, it'll be one of those things where we're enjoying the game now. Yeah, we've already put tons of hours into it. We're probably going to put a bunch more into it, but there's going to be a point where we drop off it. But when oh, we yeah. hear, oh, they just patched in. Blah blah blah, giant space battles, which are kinda in it, but not really. Yeah. Um, then we'll probably go. All right, I'll jump in and see that. You know, yeah. It'll yeah. bring us back into. It's the thing. It was the thing with Destiny where 
Destiny's updates haven't necessarily been to help it sell more copies. It's been to keep the people that bought copies of it interested in the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying No Man's Sky, but I also completely understand why a lot of people are not um, or are underwhelmed with it. Because it is very shallow, but it's that oh, thing yes. where I am using it as a thing where I really like to explore the planets. I really yeah. like to look at all the pretty sights and take screenshots and stuff. Yeah, It's basically Pokemon Snap in space for me. I'm going around <laughs> taking pictures of weird animals, uploading them. Essentially, yes. Professor Oak <laughs> tells me that's not centered, and I'm like, fuck you, Professor Oak. I was going for the... the I was going for the artistic <laughs> interpretation of the... God damn it, Professor Oak. Um, so. um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been... You know, doing the the whole Pokemon Snap thing, going around taking pictures of all the monsters and stuff like that, and um, yeah, it's. Did you see the alien I found that was a flower pot? Yes. It was a flower pot that just <laughs> bounced around. <laughs> Fucking weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've been to some planets. It's like I go around and it's, um, you know, I've got like a million credits. I've got. You know, warp cores and stuff like that. There's nothing interesting. I'm not going to hang around too too long, and then I'm off. And then there's some planets where I've spent three and four hours on the planet, just oh, mining yeah, it yeah. and going yeah. around and looking at stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of where I am at the moment. I want to kind of move on with the the kind of Atlas stuff and see if it gets anywhere. But um, I think Kieran yes. just shat all over that. <laughs> he he did, what yes. I say go through that list stuff just to. It kind of forces you to upgrade your inventory because you need it to hold the atlas stones you get given. Right. And so it kind of helps encourage you in that way, and then eventually you will have a bunch of extra slots to use. But the story part of it, there's a cool idea to it. Uh huh. But it's all handled in like a couple of lines of text. Like there's no payoff to the end of that. Right. Um, I, uh, one of the things that I picked up was um, when you're going around the planet, you find those Atlas passes, or you 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 don't find them. You find things that you can only get access if you have yeah. the Atlas passes. Yeah. So I I've got a level one pass. Yeah, you get level I, one pass for starting the Atlas. The Atlas path. quests, yeah. yeah. The level two and three passes, I think, are just random though. I think you just find the blueprints for them. Yeah, I've been having a look uh, at various bits on the internet, um, and that's one of the other things that's kind of cool as well. That when you speak to other people and you have a look for articles online and that, and it's you know how do you do this and how do you do, it's not really much of a spoiler. Yeah, you know, um, it's giving you a little bit of the mechanics and how to do something, but you know, your planet, it, your planets are completely different from uh, the ones that I'm in, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, definitely recommend it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think. Going back to your point about you dropping off, um, you know, once you've kind of achieved your goals with the game, I. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, like talking from personal experience, I'm I'm in the same position as you. I'm kind of going down the Atlas path, although because I'm a silly bugger, every time they ask me, "Do you want to go through a black hole?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll go through a black hole and get more lost." <laughs> but I um, uh, see, I've not done that yet. I'm deter- I, I've, I think I might though. 
If you're following just, the Atlas path, don't go through black holes. All right, okay. They take you really if you're following the Atlas path, go through black holes. You get more <laughs> lost. It's great. Black holes take you towards the center of the universe, which means it's going LeBlanc. to take you further away from the Atlas stuff that you're going to. There's uh, more Atlas stuff. That's the thing, though. But I don't know how you find them on your own. You presumably can, but no, it's, really, well, there's it's, people that direct you there. Well, it's it's kind of it's. <laughs> I'm kind of like just just fucking with the game's rule set because I'm like, the game's desperately like, look, man, here's an anomaly. Come talk to us. Come talk to Atlas. I'm like, I'm gonna go for another black hole. And they're like, no, look, 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 look. You've got this Atlas stone. You've kind of started down this path that you want to continue. I'm, like, I'm gonna go to this. I'm gonna go to this planet, okay? And then I go through and um, go through a black hole, and um, you come out, and uh, now you're you're off the Atlas path. So that, you know, you fly, you, you fly through a few few planets, few star systems, and there's like. Hey, hey, look at this space anomaly. You can maybe get back on the Atlas path. I'm going to go through this black hole. Oh, please, stop doing this. So, I don't know. I'm kind of enjoying this weird game of um, Russian roulette that I'm playing with the Atlas path right now. <laughs> maybe maybe it will pay off for me, maybe not. But um, well, what I was saying about the falling, falling off of, you know, like me doing this, I've put in you know, 25, 30 hours. And I think, I think your stance is fine. Once you get to the point where, yeah, I've got to the center of the universe. I've done what I need to do. I'm out now. You know, you've, it's not like Mm -hmm. having got what you wanted out of it. And I think it's like Kieran said, any, any additions that might interest you might, you You know, persuade you. Like an hour or so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's the, it's as Kieran said with, uh, with destiny, you know, I'd, jumped in a couple of weeks ago just to see how the game had improved and ended up buying a Shia LaBeouf emote and did no missions. Why did I do that? Just So I've got a Shia LaBeouf just do it emote on my character. I hear he's still don't play this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm not too sure if it's possible but one of the things that I would like is that you could have more than one you know, one game, mm. so that once you've finished, you've been to the center Earth, you could possibly start over again, or you could go back to kind of sandbox mode. You know, with everything that you already have. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure how the center of the universe works with it. So. Yeah. You never know. Maybe it lets you. That'd maybe be interesting. It's hard, maybe it's hard locks your P- your entire PS4. That's <laughs> it. You're done. Bricks, it's like you don't need anything else. <laughs> Done. I just want to. I still, I still hope that my prevailing theory that you get to the center of the universe is just Sean Murray just waiting with a controller saying, "I told you there was multiplayer." <laughs> <laughs> He's the only person you can play it with. That's it. That's that's <laughs> what I'm really rare. <laughs> you can only play it with one other person. It's Sean Murray. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Um, oh, right, shall we move on from No Man's Sky? We've been I, talking I think, about it for a while. Yes, I think we should. As good as it is. Yes. Cool. Uh, Nathan, you been playing anything else? Um, I picked up Shiren the Wonder. I can't. Uh, Kieran, I don't remember this game's name. Help me. Shiren the Wanderer, The Tower of Fate, The Fate of Dice. There's, it's a long title. It's like three games in one. 
just from that title. I'm going to have to give me a second. I'm going to have to look this up. It's a fun game. Another one I can't remember the title of. It's um, essentially a kind of roguelike turn-based RPG. And uh, you you kind of go through dungeons and it's it's kind of... I'm trying to think what, what game it plays similar to... Um, I think it's like, did you ever play that PS Plus game, Dragon Fin Soup? Uh, I played a little, yeah. Or, to a lesser extent, almost like Crypt of the Necrodancer, but not quite. Well, basically, um, you move in, you can move in, you move in real time, but like each time you move a square, enemies move a square, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's kind of like turn based. If you die. You start back at level one. You lose all your experience and all your money. It's kind of the series oh. that the it's like a really old series, and it's kind of the series that the Mystery Dungeon series is an offshoot of. Yeah, um, which you know had like the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games and the Chocobo Mystery Dungeon games and all the other licensed ones. Um, so do the mystery dungeon games do the same kind of system where if you die it's like start again? No, I th- I don't think so. I don't know. It's been a while since I've played one, but I'm pretty sure they're that's kind of the big difference between them. Is they're not they've not got that kind of roguelike element. They're just kind of you know if you die you go back to start of the level, not start of everything. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's. It almost reminds me of like East as well, you know the East game series. Like, it's not mm-hmm. not quite. It's not as similar. Well, it's not uh, an exact relationship. But you know, in the old East, you kind of like it was almost like a bump system where you kind of like ran it. But this is just like turn based. And I, I suppose the the strange mechanic is that you you can wait on a spot by holding Circle and X. And uh, it recharges your it recharges your HP, and every time you move, it brings your HP back up. Mm-hmm. But the game will randomly send enemies at you, and um, you have to like it's it's a bit bizarre. But you hold R one, and then you you know like do a diagonal movement on the on the D pad to ensure that you're locked into a diagonal movement. So you you can develop like you know you can see wh- how enemies move like create patterns to uh, run around them and you know hit them at a blind spot as well so yeah at the, at the beginning it's quite it's quite easy and, you know you're taking out enemies in one hit but then enemies get bigger and you know harder and you kind of like um it gets a bit more tactical you have to kind of like pick your punches or know when to know when to run and when you do run know the pattern you need to take like the kind of zigzag movement or Based on the enemy you're fighting, the movement that you need to take to get out of the way, and it's just, it's got like the the rogue, it's got the rogue like um, grind to it. So I'm yeah, I'm pretty pretty much enjoying that. I think it came out a couple of weeks ago, and I just picked it up. I was like, oh, this sounds like something I'd enjoy, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, I'm enjoying it. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Um, a, anything else you got to add, or should we move on to Kieran? Yeah, move on to Kieran. Cool. Cool. Um, I've mostly just been playing the same stuff. Um, no Man's Sky, obviously. Uh, yeah. 
you know, being placed with Final Fantasy fourteen, Pupu Tetris, that kind of thing. Uh, the one other thing I would really add was uh, a phone game that came out. I think it only came out last week. It very least came out on Steam last week, and um, but it's been on phones. Uh, called Reigns. Right. Which is uh, it's a game where you play as a king or a series of kings. It's got the kind of rogue legacy thing going on where your king will die and they remember everything that you you know happened to the previous king, but you're going on as a new character, essentially kind of roguelike-y kind of thing. Um, but the whole game is played with these kind of little square cards that basically like Tinder style you can either swipe to the left or swipe to the right. Okay. And as you swipe to the left or the right, it'll pop up with a little kind of little bit of text explaining what that decision is. So you can make two different decisions depending on which way you, sw- you swipe them. And so it's just all these events are happening throughout the life of your king and you're making choices that will impact your kingdom. And it's very funny for stars. It's got really good writing. It's got really nice art, really pretty, really good soundtrack. Um, like the music is just fantastic, um, and it's got this like really surprisingly deep system where all the choices you're making are affecting four groups of people in your kingdom. There's the church, uh, the people, the army, army. and um, the merchants, and you don't know specifically there are ways, there, there are some decisions you make might end up giving you the ability to do it but you don't know specifically how your choices are going to impact them it just gives you a little circle above which ones they will impact you can kind of usually guess like um, I'm sending, or I'm investing money into building my army up, therefore it's going to take money away from the merchants and it's going to add more money or it's going to add more to the army so the merchants go down, armies go up, and it doesn't tell you that. It just has a dot above the army, a dot above the merchants, and some of them are less clear than that. Um, but the way that your king will die is, if any of those get emptied, they'll turn against you. So if the people, if the little bar for the people goes all the way down, the people will revolt and destroy everything and murder you. Right. If the church goes all the way down and loses faith in you. The church will stab you in the back and kill you. Um, and you know, same with the army, same with the merchants. And also, conversely, if any of them get filled, they will also become too powerful and turn against you. All right. So, if you fill the merchant bar all the way up, the merchants own your country and they don't give a fuck about you, and they will just turn on you and kill you. If the army gets too powerful, they'll you know perform a coup and they'll kill you and so you've got this weird kind of balancing act that you've got to play this this kind of plate spinning of trying to keep everyone happy but not too happy and it's weirdly in depth and I, I've been playing a lot of it it's a really fun game on phones it's a couple of quid I'd highly recommend it right um, it's very funny also Satan's in it and <laughs> yeah. he contacts you through your dog which is <laughs> fantastic, um, but it's really good. It's, and you unlock more 
like event cards because these events basically show up kind of randomly as you choose stuff it'll kind of the next one will be somewhat random uh but the choices or the the amount of cards that can show up in the kind of random rotation changes depending on some of the choices you make as you mm-hmm. go through it so sometimes you'll make a choice that hires a doctor to join you uh, join your court in which case that unlocks the 30 doctor event cards which means he'll show up later on and say stuff that he wouldn't have otherwise um and it's just really cool it's, so that's reigns it's cool. on ios it's on android it's on steam all right um the longest my king has lived for is 67 years but most of them have been under 20 <laughs> um, one of them was 67 years because he was getting really old getting really up there in age and then this magic vase that I found some point not even in his life so that's the other thing is when you die it shows you this timeline so like all of your kings have lived one after the other and so the choices you make sometimes carry over um, and so like my king survived six seven years and it was because he got really old was dying of old age and then this magic vase that one of his predecessors found was like I actually kind of like you I'm going to extend your life by a few years and I was like what <laughs> this is <laughs> random alright cool <laughs> um, but yeah I, I highly recommend it it's, it's very funny it's yeah Really good. I think you've been playing a bit of it as well, Nathan, haven't you? Oh yeah. Um, longest I've lived is seventeen years. Most most of my kings uh, meet their demise in that goddamn labyrinth. You don't go to the labyrinth, ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think I kept heading into the labyrinth because it it said send one of your kings to the labyrinth, but it was also like eleven thirty at night. And then I, then I met the devil and I was like, well, it's time for bed now because that was unexpected. <laughs> I do need to play a lot more of it. It, it is very fun. Yeah. I'm really cool. enjoying it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of all I've been playing. I played, the one other thing I mentioned is I played, um, it's not video game, but board game wise, I played uh, a game of Seven Wonders, which I'd never oh. played before. All right, okay. Um, I think have you played Seven Wars before, Mike? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah. I seem to remember you mentioned it a few times. Um, but yeah, Seven Wonders is a card game where everyone's building up their cities, and they're trying to basically, in the end, get the most points. Uh, but there's different ways you can do it. Like you can put down armies, and you can uh, put down science buildings and things like that, and yeah, calculate the points at the end. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's played through three ages and each age there's everyone gets like a hand of cards and every turn you take one of them and then you pass the cards to the person to your left so as you're going through you're not, you're not playing your one hand of cards you're playing one card from everyone's hand of cards that's right yeah. um, which is uh, I really like that it's quite smart um, I won our game which I was pretty happy with all right. Because I was kind of being relatively random as I am, first time playing anything. <laughs> right. It's just like, I'll put down those soldiers, and then I actually ended up, <laughs> at one point I put down a card that I actually didn't get anything from, because it gave me 
uh, one victory point and one gold for every grey card I had which yeah. was none I didn't have any grey cards so it was completely <laughs> pointless um, but I still managed to win um, All right. the one good. thing I would say I don't really like about it is the same thing uh, the same issue I had with Sheriff of Nottingham where you get to the end of the game and there's just a bunch of fucking maths it's just like uh-huh. count all this shit so have you played five tribes I've not played five tribes I do want to I've I've seen I've seen someone in this uh, this chat's video yes about yeah, five tribes so but five tribes has that kind of same thing as well you get um, a whole load of points for various things but in uh, in five tribes it's possible to you know have a little dabble at collecting the you know, going with the green tribe and going with the, you know, you can dabble a little bit in all five of the different ways mm-hmm. to gain points. Um, I think yeah, so you can do that in Seven Wonders as well. Like, I had a decent spread of things. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of my points ended up coming from military stuff because the way the military works in that game is, uh, I believe it's at the end of every age, if you have more military than the person to your left and the person to your right or it's done separately but um, you basically attack them yes, and you get victory right. points if you beat them and they lose victory points if you beat them as well Yeah. Um, so that was yeah I ended up having the biggest military in my we were playing um, with like six people or something like that so I was sitting in a corner basically and it was yeah, only, it's, it's quite an interesting thing because you only really need to worry about the two people next to you directly but then you also have to keep an eye on everyone else because everyone else is obviously going to matter at the end Yeah, that's right yeah um, so did you did somebody I take it you didn't buy the copy of the game then no no someone at, uh, someone at work brought it in alright um, yeah, it's uh, one of the games I have that doesn't really get to the table much because it can be quite a bit to explain it to people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it felt that way. Yeah. Um, and I also played more Splendor because I took that into work and we played that and that was right. great. Um, not much more to say on that though because we've talked about yeah, Splendor a lot I, on this podcast before. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's um, me. Cool. Uh, I, well, I uh, played pretty much everything that we've already spoken about. So, you know, uh, Tricky Towers, Puyo Puyo, Tetris, and No Man's Sky being my my main things. Um, still bugger about with a little, with Pokemon Go occasionally, um, but nothing too much. But I, I did play some board games. Um, and it's funny that you should talk about Seven Wonders because one of the games that we played was Seven Wonders Duel. Mm. So... Seven Wonders Duel is the it's the two player version of Seven Wonders, um, and it's it changes the game. So whereas regular Seven Wonders is the the card drafting system, so you're you're drafting cards off each other. Um, when you play Seven Wonders Duel, it two player only, and um, the cards for each age are set out in a pyramid shape. So, you know, at the, the top of the pyramid, you've got two cards, and they're dealt face, they're on the table face up, so you can see what they are. The, the bottom, the, the line below in the pyramid you know, are face down, so you can't see what those are. Um, and the way that the cards are stacked is that you can only take cards from the bottom of the pyramid 
and you have to take a cup because they're they're tiled on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, so therefore it'd be impossible to take the card at the top of the pyramid because of the card touching it, it yeah. it's on top of it. Um, so it brings in, it's a very um, competitive game. Um, it can be mean, quite mean-spirited as well. It's very, very combative. It's so, dual right in the name. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got, um, you know, so you'll get into a situation where, so th- there's various ways to win the game as well, um, same as in Seven Wonders, so you can do the um, a military victory. So with the duel, it comes with this track. It's a military track. And there are, I think it's the two, four, six, eight. There's about 10 or 12 spaces on uh, on a track either side. And they point to a player. And what happens is the military marker starts out in a neutral position. Um, and let's say we're playing Kieran and you, you play a military card. And it's got military symbols on it. It can have anywhere between one and three military symbols. What happens is when you play that card, the military marker moves in your favour. So it moves closer to my side, um, depending on how many marks as well. Um, There's various things that happen. Once it hits a certain section, you're guaranteed um, X amount of victory points uh, towards the end of the game. If you get into another section... I lose money, plus you get more victory points at the end of the game. Um, That happens one more time, and the final section, if you get into that final section, you manage to push it there without me pushing back, you win the game immediately. Game's over. The other way to win the game is a scientific victory. So there's, on in normal Seven Wonders, the science cards tend to be green, I think. Yeah. If that's right, yep. And they've got little symbols on them. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch um, of maths you have to do it then, depending on what yeah, symbols you have. That's right, yeah. But with um, Jewel, there are seven different sciences. And if you ever get six of the different symbols, six of the sciences, you win the game immediately. Okay. Um, if nobody wins by either getting the, the military victory or the scientific victory, then it comes down to the maths again. Mm-hmm. For, you know, for count up the grey cards, the brown cards, the yellow market cards, etc., etc. Um, but you can, where Seven Wonders Joke kind of comes into its own as well is that you can see where the other, what the other player is doing. Um, so if it looks like they're trying to collect, you know, six of the the seven science um, science symbols, you can play. You know, if there's a science card that's visible, you can play so that you can take that card before they get to it, mm-hmm. or you can you can try and you know arrange it so that it's impossible them for them to choose that card. They, you know, they pick the card that frees it up, which is, allows you to take it as well. The other quite mean thing you can do is when you get a card, you can you can junk it, and what happens is you get a card. You don't take any benefits from it at, in, except you kind of sell it to the bank and you get some money back. The money that you get is not is not a lot unless it's... Uh, there is a strategy you can play with it, but generally it would be it's quite a difficult strategy to play. Um, so you can get into a situation where you can see somebody wants a card and you can just take it and junk it. And it, it <laughs> so it's quite mean-spirited as yeah, well. Yeah, it sounds... Um, but 
I, I do like the game. It is very strategic. Um, but uh, my fiance wasn't too keen on it. Um, but it was more the rules. Uh, we ended up playing, and she was just doing kind of like you said you were doing, Kieran. She was doing random things. She was concentrating on these cards, then she would switch and, and concentrate on another set of cards. But she ended up winning on points. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, she didn't really enjoy it because she didn't know what, exactly what she was doing. Yeah, that's fair enough. There are so many rules with Seven Wonders and even with Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah. Um, it is, it's a really good game. I do enjoy it. But it, it is more like an advanced board game. Yeah, you know, I, see that. I mean, um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I feel like it's. In a lot of ways, it feels like it's trying to be like an entry kind of board game, but it is more. It, it's kind of more complicated than it yes. tries to be, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does, yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it's got this simple mechanic of you've got seven cards, pick one, pass it on, and yeah. then. So what do I do with the card? Ah, well, you see, you well, you could play it here, but you could do this, or you could do that, or, and it just, you know, the, there's so many, so much information on the cards, and the way that you interpret them. Um, yeah, it is. It, it can be quite confusing, I think. Yeah. But um, so we played a couple other things as well. We played Dice City again. How you um, that? I saw that. Is what you were using to christen your new table? Yes, yeah. So we get, we got a, a new. Um, some people call them dining room tables, but we got a new board game table. Yeah, board game table. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it, it's got a nice size. We um, just quickly set up the board only for um, Star Wars Rebellion. That is a massive board. It takes the board no problem, and there's plenty of space around the rest of the table uh, for all the par- paraphernalia. So so the Star Wars Rebellion board does not fit on either of my tables. <laughs> doesn't fit on my dining table. Doesn't fit on my uh, my coffee table. Yeah, we it, have it's to play it on the floor. Like yeah, peasants. we can't because we've got all the cats. Well, that's true. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we played Dice City again. Um, yeah, quite liked it. I, I, and won that game as well. Um, she, the the game. What one of the things that we do like about Dice City, or what I like about it, is that your strategy for one game won't, you know, probably won't work in the next game that you play because depending on the cards that come out in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also just you know um, the luck of your the luck of your dice. Because if you think, right, well, I fancy today I'm going to go for, like, the military strategy. And that's the cards that I'm going to go for. Um, And when you start throwing the dice, you just end up picking up minerals instead, you know, or um, wood or, you know, everything but the military. Um, So my dice rolls weren't as good. Um, The cards that I was getting from the marketplace weren't what what, what I was looking for. So I had ended up um i was just my strategy was all over the place whereas Anne was lucky from the you know the first couple of throws that she got so she could just concentrate on what she was doing um and it is it 
it's a good game, um, but I do find that sometimes if the dice are a bit against you, that's it. You can, you know, you're going to get wiped out. Yeah. The the points difference in those games always tends to be quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the points differences are not always quite close. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good enough game. Um, the other thing that we played was Machikoro. I I've only played Machikoro once though. Right. Um I've played Machikoro once and before and I've played it with bog standard Machikoro. So the without the Harbour expansion or Millionaire's Row expansion. And it is it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's not bad. Um but it is just a case of throw the dice, uh, you know, can you do something with that date, that number that's come up? Yes. Uh, um, you know, can you then use, the, the, do you get money from that dice roll? Yes. Have you got enough money to buy one of the, another card? No. Wait for the next person, then repeat. Yeah. It, it ten, yeah. Um, with the expansions, it opens it up. It makes the game um, a lot more interesting. So, uh, in the original game of Machikoro, you are trying to build is it four different facilities? Oh, I don't remember. I think so. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it's four four buildings that you're trying to build. Um, uh, the harbor expansion, first of all, it expands it so you can play with five people. But it, uh, it <clears throat> excuse me, it uh, you end up building six. The, the six buildings, compulsory buildings that you have to build to win the game um, and then there's the marketplace so the way the marketplace works in uh, the, you know uh, base Machikoro is that there's 12 I think there's 12 or 13 different buildings that you can buy and there's a pile of cards for each of them in the marketplace um, and I think there's like 5 of each or whatever the case yeah I think it's about 5 of each and you can just build uh, you know, if you've got the money, you can build whatever improvements and buildings you want to build. Um, what the harbor does is it adds in a whole load of more buildings as well. But the way the marketplace is built is there's ten spaces rather than I think it's twelve in the the base game. And but the the ten spaces are random because you take all of the cards, shuffle them up, and you you deal out ten uh, ten cards onto the spaces. Um, but if there's any doubles, you put the doubles together, so you build up like a stock of the one card. So say uh, the cafe, the cafe comes up, and you put so you put cafe on spot one. You draw the second card; it's another cafe. So you put the two cafes together, and then you're looking for a different building to take up slot two, and a different building for slot three, four, up until slot ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so what ends up happen? What could end up happening is um, the mine, for example, the mine's quite a, a good card because if you build it in your building and you roll, I think it is a nine, um, it gives you five coins straight off the bat. Now, um, though they can be sought after, but if there's only one out there, it's a bit of a rush to get it. So, whereas Machikoro, just the base game, because there is five copies of everything that you could ever want from that game they're there and they're always there well 
you can go as fast or slow as you want. Yeah. You know, the only thing is somebody might try and buy the cards before you. Um, uh, yeah, th so you've got this little bit, this random element flung in from the harbour, and it works. Um, it does make the game... It's just a tiny change to the game, and it makes it so much better. Yeah, it sounds like an improvement to me. Yeah. Um, pick up. Yeah, so I've also got, because I bought the, the, the deluxe edition that comes with the tin, and you just heard the tin clattering <laughs> on the floor there. Um, and uh, so it comes with the, the two expansions, and there's a couple of promo cards it comes with as well. But the, the Millionaire Row expansion adds another, another 75 cards of different buildings. Okay. Um, and it's I haven't we haven't even used that yet. But when you add that in, it just gives you a whole lot more choices. Mm -hmm. um, and what you can do, so you end up with if you're playing the game, so you've got uh, the base game comes with 108 cards. Then you're adding 82 from the Harbour expansion, 75 from Millionaires Road. So you're looking at what 250 odd. 250 odd cards mm -hmm. um, and you can either play with that full lot or you can take certain buildings out that you don't like um, but yeah definitely the the expansions make Machikoro a much better game yeah there was something you told me when uh, like Paul picked up my copy from Christmas yes um, and it was something you said like even when I got it then you were like the expansions make it better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it's just a, a slight little change and I just find it, how, how did you find it when you played it as well? I thought it was okay, but it was very random. Um, there wasn't a lot of, like I said, there's not a lot of um, kind of back and forth in it because there is just, you know, the cards there to slide from it, it, towards the end maybe you're starting to run low on them and you're kind of you know racing for them but yes generally it's just kind of like i don't know and again it was our first game so similar to other things we didn't really overdo we're just kind of building things somewhat around yeah and um, trying to figure out strategies so yeah yeah probably not the best it was the first time playing it so it wasn't really yeah um best judge of it and the first time that I did play it was I'd set it up, you know, to do a, just do a run through to, you know, so you could take it to so I can take it to a game day and play it with people. Mm -hmm. And I set it up and I played it and I thought, is that it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, no, surely not. It's just throwing dice and um, yeah. But definitely, when you you change it and it is that rush, like you say, there's no rush to get the things. It's there from the first throw of the dice. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I might I'm going to pick up the expansions at some point. Mm -hmm. um, although it's weird because it's a thing where the expansions are relatively pricey. Yes. To the point where I actually probably could pick up Deluxe Edition for similar price. You probably and just replace could, the base one. And in that case, I was actually thinking of just waiting for. Um, there's a new version coming out soon, uh, called Bright Lights. Uh, something, oh. something much cool. yes Bright Lights Bigger City uh -huh. uh, which is just the base game with the expansions and I think it changes something else slightly as well I can't remember but the main thing is it just changes all the artwork so it's at night time 
so the buildings yes. have lights and stuff. Just a very minor little thing, but it's just a new kind of deluxe edition, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, and and loved the game as well. Um, so that was the first time we'd played it together, and the first time she did played it, and uh, she really enjoyed it. Um, she uh, there is one card though because uh, the game's quite you know even when it's got the the new rules added into it the game is quite light hearted and things that there is one mean spirited card in it and Anne managed to pick it up so she bought this building without because um, sometimes what will happen is you'll build your city you know you'll go oh I've got uh, I've got one two three four five six seven I need a number nine. Mm-hmm. And so Anne had quite a lot of money and uh, she rolled the dice and she got something. Nines had been coming up quite often and she needed a number nine. And she'd seen the number nine that was there. I think it was a number nine. And it's called the tax office. And what the tax office card does is that the player with the most money has to give the person who rolled the dice half of their, mo- half of their, their money as coins, as tax rounded down um, and only if they've got 10 or more coins well I'd been secretly stashing my coins that I had 35 coins uh, and then got 14 coin, uh, 16 coins 16, 17 coins whatever it was um, and then just that was it she had all the money to buy all the, the improvements and it was game over within like four or five turns. Um, and it was it was quite funny when she rolled the dice as well, and it happened. Mm-hmm. And she didn't realize what the card did properly until we actually read the effect. And she went, "Oh no, I don't want to do it." I think you're lying, <laughs> bug. So there there was name calling and you know, flipping of tables and things like that. But yeah, um, I do like Magicora. It's it is it's a gentle game, very easy to teach to people. Um, yeah, and it plays well uh, with once you get the the expansions to it. So um, maybe we we might play some much coral when we we play some board games as well. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Uh, only other thing was I got a copy of Mystic Veil, which is the the new card crafting game from AEG. So I've managed to have a little look at that. That looks really good. That's the one that's. Uh... It's like a deck builder, but you're building up the cards in your deck rather than adding cards. Rather than adding cards to your deck, you're adding components to the cards that are already in your deck. That's right, yes, yeah. Um, and the cards are, they're clear plastic. Well, most of the cards are clear plastic, kind of like gloom cards. Yeah. You know, so you can uh, layer them on top of each other. Um. Quite a gentle game from what I've seen so far, but um, we'll need to get a game of that as well. Yeah, it seems cool. Cool. I think that's about it. That's all I've been playing. Cool. Excellent. I think um, I think Nathan's fallen asleep. Oh, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> the fireworks you- the, the tattoo went off, so I put the mic on mute. and I, I did ask a few questions and realized I was still on mute. i've been with you in spirit guys uh, cool um have we got much news to go through or anything like that uh i've got a couple of things but we're also running long so i will very very quickly just mention the most important ones 
most important one being PlayStation 4 is getting folders in the next update. Woo! Sounds a bit organized. Organize everything. And there was much rejoicing. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of badly need it. It's also yeah. getting um, the ability to sort your library a bit better. Um, there should be a purchased content thing, and now by default, the other things in your library will not just show absolutely everything, they'll just show the installed things. Alright, okay. So that makes it infinitely more useful. Um, other stuff Tomorrow Children's coming out next month. Um, they confirmed it's going to be free to play. Right. Uh, but you can also pay money to get like a founder's pack thing that gives you some extra starting goodies um, if you want to be a better communist by being a capitalist. Um, Star Wars Battlefront Death Star DLC is getting a new mode. Yay! It's a space fighting mode where you shoot things. It's called Battle Station. It basically seems like a more in-depth version of the dogfighting that's already in the game. Right. Because that mode has like those little kind of objectives. This one's much more like it's a big three-stage thing that you're kind of completing objectives through. So it sounds quite cool. Alright, okay. Um, and the only other thing I've got here is that Konami announced a new Metal Gear game called Metal Gear Survive. The game we all wanted and deserve. The game we all wanted and deserve. We're, <laughs> like, we're making a... They're like, oh, guys, this story-wise, it's set after the end of Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes, but before Grand... Uh, Grand before Metal Gear Solid uh, 5, The Phantom Pain. It tells the story about the soldiers that got... They were in the, uh, the event that happens at the end of Ground Zeroes, only instead of what actually happens in the story of five, they get transported to another dimension and have to fight zombies. What? Okay. Um, it's a weird thing because it's this thing where I watched the trailer and it actually looks quite good, but the whole time I'm just sitting thinking like, why is this Metal Gear? Like. It looks uh, like quite a fun. Like you guys know me, I'm re I really like kind of horde mode zombie survival stuff. They're fun types of games, and it looks like a fun one of those. But also, why is it Metal Gear? It could have just been like a add-on, just done in the engine. Yeah, well, to be fair, it's coming at a budget price. It's not a full price game. Um, yeah, it's thirty dollars apparently, isn't it? Yeah, so it kind of is like a standalone DLC in that way. Um, like an expensive DLC, but still not a full price game. It's, I guess it's comparative to something like the uh, the Sniper Umbrella Elite. Corp. Well, or Umbrella Corp, <laughs> if you want to be more pessimistic. <laughs> sure, I'd be more optimistic and say it's like more like the Zombie Army trilogy. But yes, sure, you could say it's like Umbrella Corp. Oh god. But presumably it's going to play at least as well as Metal Gear Solid 5, which played well. So, Alright. Um, Potentially Konami's microtransaction. Oh, jeez. To be fair, the updates they made to Phantom Pain kind of reduced the need for the microtransactions after a point. Like, they got a lot of flack for those first couple updates because they were fucked. 
but they they did kind of fix that stuff pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that's the only news I've got. There's probably oh. more, but we're in a rush. I, I thought there's there's one piece of news I thought you'd mention. <clears throat> um, Drive Club VR is still a thing. Oh still yeah, yeah. That's all I remember. I don't know if it's coming this year, but they they said they're still working. They gave a release date, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they said it's this year. I'll double check. But yes, Drive Club VR, they announced it was in it. It's a bunch of stuff. There's cars in it. There's driving in it. You know, all the stuff you'd expect. There's both driving and clubs. (laughs) Um... Oh, maybe they didn't have a release date for it, actually. No, I'd... It's launching in 2016. <laughs> That's all they said. <laughs> so, at some point this year. It's a standalone thing, so it doesn't come with regular Drive Club. You have to buy it separately. Right. Um, and it's only for PSVR. It's, they showed the box art for it. It straight up just says PlayStation VR required on the front of it. Can't play it without PSVR, which I think is the first game they've announced it's like that right I'm pretty sure they straight up said like earlier this month they were like oh PSVR games you'll be able to play all of them with the regular controller and you'll be able to play them with the headset I'll be fine and apparently no <laughs> uh, I did like a mock up of the cover on that story where it's just like never say PlayStation VR card it says you'll need this yeah it's just, <laughs> just you'll need this picture of the VR headset <laughs> so good it's, it's a nice thing I like that um yeah also Final Fantasy 15 got delayed yes yeah for shock two, horror two months <laughs> Two months, their official reasoning being because they didn't want to give it a day one update, but I think that um, Giant Bomb put this well, and that if you're delaying your game to avoid a day one update, that probably really means that the version you're shipping on the disc was so fucked that the day one update was adding so much that you had to delay it. Uh-huh. It's less that they didn't want to do a day one update, and more that if you didn't get that update, the game would be unplayable. <laughs> the thing is, there's been so many conflicting viewpoints surrounding this game. Like, um, like there was, what's it, the four Chen leaks that detailed the whole script from from yeah. start to finish, and now there's a a portion that's come out of the previews that matches both of those leaks exactly. Yeah. Um, but a lot of those yeah, previews are very positive. People seem to quite like it. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what I was that's what exactly what I was like maybe they've previewed the working portion of that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, because that was it. the thing that those leaks all kind of said was that none of the sections of the game were connected at the time. They just kind of fucking made a bunch of sections that were technically going to be an open world at some point, maybe. But they weren't really sure. <laughs> They'd made bits of the story and all of it. Yeah. If that leak is to believe, which, yeah, the new previews definitely give it some some credence, then it's been troubled development. 
but we'll see how it goes because I'm still optimistic about that game because I enjoyed both the demos of it. Yeah, I, me too. And I'm I'm keeping optimistic, which is very out of character, especially as I've um, kind of pre-ordered it already. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoops. I mean, I mean, it's at the very worst or at the very best, it can be the second best Final Fantasy game of the year. Yeah. Because World of Final Fantasy is definitely going to be the best no matter what. I don't know, man. Could it could be behind Mobius and Xvius? <laughs> yeah. I, I guess that's true. Final Fantasy Explorers. Was it, oh that was this year. It was. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess the it could fifth, I guess it could be like the fifth or sixth best Final <laughs> Fantasy game if it's not great. Um, it would be the best Final Fantasy game that comes out this year called Final Fantasy fifteen. It would be the best Final go. Fantasy game that comes out in November. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably oh isn't true because at the rate they're releasing their mobile games, they'll probably release three mobile games called Final Fantasy in November. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, so is that it? Have we got any more news now? No, that's it. I'm just looking through Kickstarter. Uh, <laughs> that's not good. I don't want to know. Um, uh, so, new releases. Uh, there's a couple of things coming out. Um, Madden NFL 17. So it's that time of year again. Yeah, that's where all the games are going to start coming out now. Yep. Um, yep. Madden is always the, <laughs> it's the one that starts everything off. Uh, anything else of note? Uh, King of Fighters 14 for PS4 comes out August 26th. I like the demo of that, but I'm really bad at King of Fighters. Uh, I like the demo of that, but it looks really bad for a King of Fighters. <laughs> Uh, I'm just looking and the Worms WMD that's coming out on that looks the... quite good like it yes looks, it looks like an old school Worms game yeah with like characters from every other indie game imaginable yeah <laughs> yeah well, it's because Team Seventeen. It's because Team Seventeen fucking publishes every indie game now <laughs> yes <laughs> Team Seventeen or Devolver Digital yeah, that yeah. Was one, it was actually one of my favourite th- things that we did when we went to EGX a couple of years ago was uh, Mike got to actually get taken around and see all the Team 17 stuff and get talked through and stuff. I just fucking hung around their tables and was like, man, all these games are real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they've... Uh... It's nice to see some of the games that we've seen. Some of the games that we've seen were already coming out, but um, I think that's finally all the games now that that we've seen there. They're out now. Beyond the Eyes was just on sale like last week. That's right. Yeah. I'm a plum. I was playing Overcooked. Oh. (laughs) We need to extend this podcast more because that game seems great. Oh yeah, it is. Is it? Um, I haven't played it in this last week because I didn't. I didn't want to get killed by my by my uh, co-op partner. So yeah, Overcooked, man. It's it's great. Um, Four-player local co-op. Unfortunately, there's only two of us, so I've, we were playing. We were playing co-op campaign, 
thankfully it has a co-op campaign um going through it uh we started our campaign actually after going through the fringe so we both had a bit strange we were just playing through it and that game is hectic man like it it does it it does really well at introducing all the new mechanics and just as it has mechanics of like so it's kind of like almost like burger time you got to make recipes and you know like a burger is a bun uh you know the uh slab of meat and some lettuce but you've got to chop it up and while while that other person's chopping it up the other person has to grab the ingredients put them on put them on the stove and you know start cooking at the same time you've got to like prepare get the dishes ready if someone else has to take it off the oven before it burns and you know it starts off kind of mundane you're in just like a traditional kitchen but then Soon things get weird. You're in like trucks where the kit one half <laughs> of the kitchens <laughs> on one half of the truck and it separates. So if you're if you're not communicating properly, man, which we weren't at first, you'll both be on the same side screaming at each other like, "Why no no? Why weren't you watching the burgers?" And it burns <laughs> off yeah, screen. Yeah, you just and... sit and watch while that truck drives away and gets lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, personal favorite, personal favorite, which actually. Um, Drove, drove a girl from crazy was the um, pirate ship level because the entire oh it's insane so it's, it's kind of almost like a it's almost like a little maze and what happens is that as it slides you both have to kind of run around and then you take over the the jobs on each side so you so I started off flipping the burgers and we didn't realize at the time as the as the ship tilted I ended up locked on the other side, unable to do the rest of the job, and she was really confused. She was like, oh, well, okay, what the hell do we do? And this, like, as the level kept tilting, all of a sudden you have to keep running around or or you get, like, you kind of get trapped in this path and it takes so long to go around, you're just losing precious seconds. And it's just, it just does little tweaks on that gameplay. And, and you know, the fact that they've tied it into a campaign in which you've gone back in time to master master the the culinary arts before the ever peckish one which is a giant meatball <laughs> um, <laughs> devours the world so yeah so it's fan- it is it is fantastic it's definitely a game that you need to arrange like a like a session on and if i had internet that could you know take share play then yeah, definitely try and try and get you on that. But we we do have to arrange a session for you guys to come and like just come around and play it because it is just insanity. It's like four player burger time, but with crazy mechanics. And it's yeah, it's definitely definitely worth a worth a look into playing with your partner, you know. But it probably I would put pillows up between you because it will cause fights. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. cool. Excellent. Um, cool. Uh, well, I think that's it. Um, the only thing left to do is uh, plug the, the email address. So if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com. You can find us on Twitter at glitchfreegame. And we ha- also have a Facebook page. Uh, just search for glitchfreegaming. And uh, you can normally find stuff about the website or the latest articles, what's up there. Um, and kind of cool stuff like that as well. So, 
any last bits of anything? Um, DSX goes out now. There you go. You, well, seriously, have they made a, 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 a DSX version of it now? Yeah. All right, okay. It came out mm. while we were podcasting. Ah, I might check that out because I, I did like the, the Tomb Raider one and the Hitman Yeah, I, I, I like both those. Yeah. Cool. The, might be. The review embargo for um, Human, not Human, Mankind Divided, I think it it ends on Friday. So we'll start hearing how good that game is or not. Yeah, which is a surprise because it's a week early, man, which is almost unheard of nowadays. Yeah. They must be pretty confident of it. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see it. Yeah. Cool. cool. So, well, if that's it, the only thing left to do now is to thank our listeners once again for downloading this drivel and listening to it. <laughs> I don't, I'm quite convinced it gets used in prisoner camps in Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay or something. That seems believable. Yeah. That's be like that's life goals for you. Have a podcast that gets used to torture people. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, while you're screaming in pain, we'll leave you to it and we'll see you again next week. See you later.